Welcome to NFP, the Non-Fungible Podcast, with your host, D. Klein. Hey, this is the Non-Fungible Podcast, NFP with D. Klein. Now you can find this podcast and you can dive deeper into blockchain trends on Cointelegraph Magazine. Just go to Cointelegraph.com magazine. Today I have a collection of guests for an upcoming Nifty Pride event. Zach Kenny, Ben Haley, Jesse Pack, and Bruce the Goose. Hey, the Nifty Pride gang, welcome. Hey, Darren. Hey, so uh, we got a whole gang of uh, guests here today. I'm just going to get you for a moment here to introduce yourselves, starting with you, Zach. Come, uh, go ahead and oh. get things started here. Yeah, thanks, Darren. Well, thanks for having us uh, on here. It's great to yeah. be with you here to talk about Nifty Pride. Um, yeah, I'm Zach Kenny, and uh, I'm super excited to be working with the Nifty Pride team uh, this year. So I'm uh, I'm an artist and pretty new to the crypto art space, um, but was uh, really wanting to do something. Um, you know something valuable and important and uh so I, I i wanted to uh do some kind of fundraiser reaching out to the transgender emergency fund and then uh got uh, connected up with uh, bruce and ben at nifty pride and uh, so it's all coming together that's awesome so in terms of running this event um i think ben haley that's kind of your your gig right yeah, so of course Bruce was the founder of Nifty Pride, but mm -hmm. due to just how things worked out this year, I ended up taking uh, on running it for this year, and that's been really special, like emotionally, and I kind of like, you know, like in the timeline, because actually I got into NFTs due to last year's Nifty Pride, so it's kind of okay. like we've gone full circle in a way. Wow, right on. So this was your entry point? Yeah, so uh, I was floating around on some discords after meeting uh, someone called Ty in like a side hustle discord. And that's how I kind of like got immersed into cryptocurrency. And then I ended up into the NFT hub, which Bruce runs. Right on. So you mentioned uh, the Transgender Emergency Fund. Uh, Jesse Pack, maybe you can talk about your role here. Hi, yes. My name's Jesse. I'm the acting board president of the Transgender Emergency Fund of Massachusetts. And what we do is we provide um, short-term financial assistance to low-income trans folks who are living in Massachusetts. Uh, stuff like utilities, prescription co-pays, rent assistance, uh, food. We have a food program. Um, and we are working to create New England's first uh, transgender uh homeless shelter over the next year or so wow a lot of stuff going to go there yeah well and that's got to be like hugely important for some people their lives to have that lifeline i mean i'm sure you've seen that for some people that it's changed their lives oh definitely uh i founded the fund in 2008 mm -hmm. uh as a response i'm actually trans myself um, and I noticed that a lot of community members were living in extreme poverty. Mm. And I was like, I would get calls all the time. People needing help with heat up, up here. It's cold. So a lot of times people are like, I need help with my oil or my gas for my heat. Mm -hmm. And I got the idea. I was like, well, let's 
try and get some communal resources together so that we can try and ensure everybody who needs help can get help. Um, and it kind of it's grown and grown over the years. Right now, we're um, the current executive director is Chastity Bowick, who's mm -hmm. a black trans woman. Um, and uh, we're very focused on housing justice right now. Uh, because what we've noticed over the years is that trans people in particular are very vulnerable to homelessness. Uh, I think research has shown that about one in every five transgender pe person in uh, the United States has experienced homelessness in their lifetime, which Did is... Did you say one in five? One in... F yes. Wow. One in five, which is very high. No compared to the the average population. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's that's amazing that you're. Uh, I mean, that's that's such a hugely important uh, role that you fulfill there. It's something that you know. Hopefully, we can see it kind of grow across the United States and elsewhere. So that's uh, what we want to see. Um, what's been really cool about this whole experience with the Transgender Emergency Fund is seeing resources get into the hands of grassroots community members mm -hmm. who then go on to help strengthen the community from the bottom up. Mm -hmm. And we very much want to encourage folks in other parts of the country to try and do the same. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. And my uh, last guest here that I want to introduce, uh, Bruce the Goose, welcome, for, welcome to the show. And I'm pleased to have you here as well. Yeah, thanks for uh, thanks for having us. Um, I'm Bruce. Now Goose. you I, uh, you founded Nifty Pride, correct? Yes, I did. You want to talk about that? Uh, yeah. So last summer, when like the whole world was closed, which not that it isn't now, but <laughs> <laughs> it's opening. Um, like about a week before Global Pride Weekend, I bought a CryptoVoxels wearable that was a Pride flag from Pixels.eth. Mm -hmm. And like then he reached out to me on Discord and offered to like reimburse me for the gas because at the time we thought the gas fees were high. <laughs> <laughs> right, and they were like ten dollars or something. Yes, yeah, it's it probably three bucks. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, like he reached out to me and I asked about if I wanted to be reimbursed for the gas. I was like, no, it's no big deal, you know. And then like just kind of a spontaneous light bulb moment, like, hey, do you think people want to like have a pride parade in crypto voxels? Like, you might know more people in the community than me. Mm -hmm. And like the world's closed and that might be kind of cool to do in the metaverse. Mm -hmm. And that turned into like a rainbow whirlwind of planning for a week, <laughs> uh, which ended with the entire Bronx district was decorated in rainbows. Um, I think I want to say 120 something people signed the guest book. Wow. And yeah, yeah. I figured it'd be like four of us waving flags for an hour <laughs> before we got bored. <laughs> There's always that fear, right? Any event yeah. that you set up, there's always that fear. Like, is anyone going to show up to this thing? Yeah, um, Wizard Zero X allowed us borrow four adjacent parcels to do an art show. Mm -hmm. And we featured, I think, close to 20 different LGBTQ artists, some of whom got their first sales at like the live auction we held. We streamed it all into the Whale Community Discord. Like, it was really incredible. Yeah, like, that's awesome. And the fact that we planned it over a week was just mind blowing. <laughs> Well, and that's the advantage of something like crypto voxels, right? Is it takes away a lot of those logistical issues you would deal with with a physical gathering. Right. I mean, obviously, there were still a lot of logistical issues, but it was still possible to pull it off in a week's time. I'm yeah. sure there was a yeah, ton of time and energy uh, that went into it. It was a lot bigger and more 
inclusive than we expected it to be. And I think at the time, up to that date, it was the biggest event to happen in crypto voxels. Mm. Well, let's and talk about talk- this event this year. You've got Nifty Pride coming up again. It's June 25th or 26th, I think. 26th it's and the 27th. 26th and 27th, yeah. Right, right. We have a, a live auction on the 27th, uh, which is uh, we, we've had a lot of help with, with Rara Social. Uh, and on the 26th, we have a heaping turn of events as well. And it's just going to be a matter of like, come along, check mm-hmm. it out. We've got things like guided yoga, haven't we, Zach, as well? Like we've got all these uh, creatives coming together to make this happen. And of course, we're going to have... Um, okay, I'm going to interrupt you a second. I'm trying to picture guided yoga in CryptoVoxels. Explain to me. <laughs> what does this look like? Zach, you're best off with that. Uh, I I haven't seen what it is actually going to look like yet myself. So we we will all find out together. On uh, I I think it's uh, I think the yoga is 8 p.m. Eastern time. Uh, I think it's it's midnight British summer time. So Ben Ben will be in his pajamas or their pajamas. Sorry and uh, and and we'll all be here uh, after dinner doing yoga together. <laughs> uh, that's awesome let's talk about some more of the uh events what do you maybe ben would be the guy to talk about that yeah um not the guy i do, I do want to say that i am non-binary myself oh i'm sorry I don't know if I yeah 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 it's uh fine i think that's one of the things about what nifty pride is all about is that we're kind of connecting uh people's online identities back with who they really are in their uh, gender and sexual identities as well mm-hmm. considering that how many times have you seen an anonymous account uh in the in the crypto art space and you've thought hang on a second I- am i assuming this is a man or is this a woman or mm-hmm. is this somebody who's non-binary or a gender and i think that it's nice that we're coming together to show how visible uh the space is and actually uh, that's what the um art galleries that we've made in crypto voxels is planning to do is showcase all of these uh, queer and trans artists in a way that uh, is kind of like native to the crypto arts space instead of, um, you know, in like a traditional gallery experience. It's kind of hard to be more publicly out considering that there's a lot of difficulties about that. And I think Jesse will know that more than any anyone with uh, how dangerous it can be in certain areas to be uh, visibly trans or visibly queer. Mm. Uh, maybe Jesse can share about that. Yes, I mean, uh, I can only speak to my experience in the United States where trans and non-binary folks are very much being targeted politically Mm. in our state legislatures. Uh, For example, Arkansas recently banned health care for transgender people, basically. What? And other states are banning transgender children from playing in school sports like it's crazy and and while this is happening what's happening to the trans community and non-binary communities here is a wave of extreme violence Mm. uh 2020 was the deadliest year on record in the united states for transgender murders and 2021 is looking just as bad in terms of the number of people being murdered who are trans or non-binary. So, and what do we get in response? We get these anti-trans bills trying to get passed across the country. So it's this, it's kind of a scary time right now, honestly. 
Yeah, I mean, um, but it's the, well, that's the, sad. Yeah, I mean, but the good news is that the community is out there. Mm-hmm. We're not going anywhere. We're not going back in the closet. We're fighting this stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're going to come through to the other side. It's just an un, it's unpleasant right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, and again, you know, like when I talk, Ben, when I, when I say, you know, the guy, it's kind of an old way of thinking, right? It's an old way of talking. Yeah. And, you know, for myself, I still have to kind of train myself to think in a new way. I'll admit that, right? You know, and, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I think it's the it's willing to be open to that and openness to that. And, you know, it, it's just a matter of, you know, accepting it when there's a mistake made, I think, in my case. Oh, just, a- you know. absolutely. And I, I don't want to get this twisted at all, mm-hmm. is that people make mistakes and it's really that with pronouns. It's a habit-forming experience, mm-hmm. you know? But it's a matter of like, I think in a lot of ways, the the trans issue has been kind of like construed to just being an issue of pronouns or gendered bathrooms, when mm-hmm. in fact, across the US and speaking to my own experience in the United Kingdom right now, there is some extreme anti-transgender uh, um, uh, le- legislation going through the House of Commons right now. And it's just a matter that when we kind of talk about these issues we remember remember that yes we've come so far but there's so much baseline work to still be done as well mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. well and a lot of it's just kind of a mental shift too for mm. the average person but obviously i don't know it's kind of concerning when you look at some of the government policies like you know in terms of who are they trying to appeal to do you know what i mean like because you know i'm a teacher and you know even usage of the word guys, I, I generally actually have kind of forced or trained myself out of using that term because mm-hmm. it is something that uh, is excluding certain people in a way, uh, you know, yeah. so, um, but you know, that, you know, it's the sort of thing that um, I wonder, like, what is their motivation for making those sorts of policies other than appealing to, I don't know, I guess it's to a base that they're trying to garner their votes i don't know what other good reason there is for those things well in the u.s it's totally to capture the religious right-wing vote Mm. that's what it's about completely that's my opinion anyway Mm -hmm. i'd agree with that and speaking for the uk it's uh been a long fought battle with uh proponent like influences on the right wing like casey hopkins who have gone out of their way to ensure that trans and non-binary and queer people cannot get the respect that they deserve on British soil effectively. And it's be, become this issue. And you've got people like a, a pronunciation aside, uh, Maya Forster, I believe is her name, mm-hmm. who has recently gone in for a legal battle saying that uh, it was wrong that she was fired for being transphobic. And of course the legal implications of that would be is if this goes into law then that would mean that being trans would no longer be a respected identity in the uk and that Mm. would cause a whole sort of problem for uh for pretty much everybody who's uh, trans in the uk and Mm. i mean there's there's just like baseline things that you can't get um access to top surgery or bottom surgery without years of wait and it, it's those sorts of issues which means that like right now we are supporting the transgender emergency fund of massachusetts but later and especially in nifty prides to come it's going to be a matter of ensuring that we're kind of like growing to reach a global version of uh 
of, of, of charity and supporting this community. Because at the end of the day, we're talking about things that are happening, happening in very democratic, rich countries. Mm-hmm. It, we cannot speak about what's going on in uh, Africa, Asia, uh, and the Middle East, and what we can do to support those co- uh, communities without actively bringing them on board, which is why I think crypto art in general has been such like a supportive and important thing to do because it has brought so many different artists, especially queer and trans artists, into a place that they can express themselves in a way that they were never able to do within their own communities and artistic uh, communities as well. Well, it has such a global reach just naturally, Mm -hmm. right? That that so many of those barriers are removed. Yeah. Bruce, I wanted to ask you about the um, artists that are joining you for Nifty Pride this year. Can you talk about some of the artists that are on board? I'm actually a little bit out of the loop this year. Oh, is that right? I've been okay. uh, super busy with NFT Hub, which is why Ben's been doing, Ben and Zach have been doing uh, most of the organizing. Okay. But I, there's what, like a couple dozen artists, right? No, we have, we've had way more. We are, we're up to, oh. I want to say, be- between the ally auctions, which is how we've been fundraising for the Transgender Emergency mm-hmm. Fund and the Queer Arts Alley, I want to say that we're maybe up to 50 artists. Uh, we have, wow. uh, okay. yeah, um, we're up to, um, let's see, like, in regards to who's uh, currently participating in the Queer Arts Alley, we've had a lot of support from uh, people to help us build our crypto voxels galleries, which is shout outs to Jens, Little Loopy, and AVI9000, who have been putting in so much work to do that. Uh, but also you have some of the most amazing names in our space, like, uh, Kate the Cursed, Clara, Gwyn. Um, I mean, we can go on and on and on, but there's so many different names. I mean, we've had people who have like came out in support uh, from all over the place, even people like Crypto Drunks as well, who were one of the first pieces that we auctioned off for charity. Right, Zach? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, there's been there's been loads. Um, uh, we'll we'll. Uh, we'll need to put together a list at some point so that people can just see, you know, all the different artists, but, um, and even every day, um, and, and all this week we're we're still accepting people to come in. We still want people to, uh, to submit artwork, to donate artwork to the, to the charity auctions and to, uh, to submit artwork to the crypto voxels gallery as well. Um, and, uh, you know, uh, encouraging performers and, and people who want to come in and give the workshops and seminars and that kind of stuff as well. So, you know, people like Foxy Yoga and um, uh, people like uh, um, Mikey, um, I'm, I'm not sure that's their sort of, I think that's their official kind it's, of. It's Mikey su- Woodbridge, I think. Mikey Woodbridge. Um, you know, so they're, they're doing some kind of, uh, drag performance, drag music performance. Um, of course, Sam J studios, uh, Sam J is, uh, we're, will be featuring on Saturday. Mm-hmm. Um, so they're doing, uh, they're going to do a live launch of their new piece. That's going, that's dropping on super rare. And so it's, uh, that's actually an AR VR piece uh, with with mm-hmm. music. Um, I saw a screenshot with, of it in the PR stuff. Yeah, it's it's, it's looking super cool. Um, you know, they're working with a lot of the the stuff that that they um, that they do, like kind of digital fashion and uh, mm-hmm. drag or contemporary makeup. 
Um, and so all of that is, is being incorporated into this VR um, installation, which, you know, will be there. Um, that's going to actually be live in Decentraland. Uh, I believe it's going to be in the super rare plot in Decentraland. So, and you know, another virtual world uh, that people will be able to come into and experience. And, and of course, Sam Jay will be there speaking about that work too. Um, so that's, yeah, there are lots of super exciting stuff happening. Mm -hmm. I'd love to just ask each of you, like, what brought you into this space to begin with? I mean, I know it's a little off topic, but how did you get into this to begin with? Um, maybe I can start with, uh, let's see, let's start with Bruce. Yeah. Uh, yes, yeah, so it's actually kind of a long story, so I'll simplify it. Um, <laughs> I was doing uh, drop shipping like in the middle of 2019 uh, because, or I was starting to get into it because uh, the farm that I now live on, I was working on, and the owner goes to Florida every year. So it's like, well, I don't really have a job when he leaves. So I was getting into drop shipping, and I was running into issues with banks because I was like a first time business owner and didn't have a uh, like, bank record because I just mm. recently moved back to New York State. And a handful of other reasons and so it's like well if i can't take a credit card i can't sell anything online nobody's gonna write me a check so maybe bitcoin is an option because like people have been i've been hearing more about that at the time and uh so i started looking into that and i stumbled onto an article about engine coin and their sdk release and i've been a gamer my whole life so i'm familiar with the engine as a game studio i was like well what does engine need cryptocurrency for and like why do they need their own coin why don't they just use bitcoin so like I read about that and like they were talking about like true ownership of your game assets and like mm -hmm. interoperability and stuff like that. And it's like, this changes everything. Like I spent thousands of hours and dollars on video games that I can never get back. Whereas right. like, if you tell me I can sell my stuff openly, like that's, that's a whole, that's a game changer. And uh, from there I started looking more into it and uh, I saw the first async art release and like that was just absolutely blew my mind. And then mm -hmm. found my way into the crypto art community, who was like an amazing bunch of people. And it was like, all right, well, this, this is where I live now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, and you're a fixture in this space now. I mean, talk about M NFT Hub a little bit. What's going on with that? Uh, yeah, so NFT Hub is my attempt to like give back because I very much will admit, or well, I credit the crypto art community and NFT space in general with saving my life, honestly. Hmm. Um, I dealt with a lot of mental issue, mental health issues for as long as I can remember. And we're not finding something that like I'm truly passionate about and like feel like it matters that I'm a part of. Mm -hmm. I would not have made it through 2020. Mm -hmm. And so NFT Hub is an attempt to pay that forward by like, uh, so it's a lot of things, but primarily it's a public directory a la Product Hunt for NFT projects and resources and stuff like that. Because there's so many awesome projects that just don't succeed because they don't have the visibility or they're just hard to find or and, like, 90% of us don't like marketing. So like we put it all in one place, like one big list that people can curate as a community with upvotes and downvotes. And like Google's SEO bots love it. And right. everybody has the same discoverability there. And uh, another 4% of it is a community calendar, which has been like a long needed thing where it's just like all the events. You can put them right here. <laughs> just one place. Yep. So like, anybody can submit events to it. And as long as it's something community centric, like it'll be approved within like 12, 24 hours. And oh, shows wow. up on the, okay. on the public facing calendar and anybody can subscribe to the public facing calendar. So like it syncs to their Google or iCal or Outlook calendar. Every mm -hmm. time new events added, it'll get put on your personal calendar. Oh, wow. Okay. Huh. And there's a handful of other features, but that's the main stuff is 
unifying the decentralization. <laughs> yeah, that's it's a tricky thing because there's just so much going on in so many disparate places that it's it's hard mm. to really even follow, like um, you know, in terms of prioritizing, you know, where do you want to be? So something with that functionality, you can kind of choose where you want to focus your energy. Right. So. Yeah, and like crypto Twitter's a lot of white noise, so like there's probably a lot of mm -hmm. events that a lot of people would like to participate in or attend, but they just don't know about it because they didn't sure. see it in their newsfeed. What do you think, Bruce? What do you think of all this going on lately in the markets and there being, well, the latest thing is this pickles thing. I have <laughs> but... no idea about the pickles thing. <laughs> I, have, I haven't really tuned into it. I've seen it show up on the Twitter feed, but. Yeah, I saw it a couple times on Twitter. And it's like, okay, we're getting silly now. <laughs> with, with now? It's well, been silly for a right, while. It's been but... pretty silly. Like, <laughs> it's been nonsense, but like, like now we're on yeah. pickles. Like, okay. <laughs> I could get behind I'm just wishing I could be the one to come up with the next ridiculous idea. Oh, you, you haven't seen the turnips? No. <laughs> turnips now too? Well, anonymous yeah, nobody uh, dropped some dropped the turnips. Oh, nice. I think it was I think it was yesterday. But uh, so I mean, you you mentioned something really interesting here, Darren, which is that there's some silly stuff, mm -hmm. right? People, the the pickles thing is a is like it's you know it's a joke, right? They're just yeah. like okay, we're going to sell these pickles and people are buying, buying this stuff. And, and, you know, an anonymous, nobody picked up on this and they were just saying like, you know, this, this, this is silly. Let's do turnips kind of thing. And it's very, it's very much leaning into that joke aspect of it. Like, you know, this project is designed this. The only purpose of this project is to extract 0.1 ETH from your wallet. <laughs> And, you know, like I was seeing this stuff even before pickles, before like just just in that, you know, people are are putting value on these things for mm -hmm. some reason, um, you know, and they're generating a collective value and people are, are interested in them. And that's that's really what drew me into this space was the potential for that um, that aspect. Right people are buying a digital pickle for however much, you know, then why don't we give them something that they could actually, you know, feel good about contributing to, mm -hmm. right? Um, the, <laughs> you know, and so by doing the, by doing this fundraiser and, um, you know, featuring artists that are, uh, are emerging artists, artists who are, are present and supportive of the LGBTQIA plus community, and then having that, um, the sales of that go to something like the Transgender Emergency Fund, which is, you know, as Jesse's saying, is so needed and so necessary. It's like, okay, folks, let's, let's do something good with all this. Yeah, Forget yeah, yeah. the forget the pickles come and you know come and support and we're not the only you know group that are that are doing something um positive for sure but um you know it's i i just feel like that's you know this is the direction we should be headed um and you know just like there's there's a lot of interest there's a lot of collective value and and uh an investment and and I feel like yeah there's it's a lost opportunity if that is going to something like pickles yeah I mean you know in terms of doing something beneficial with your money it seems to me like this is a a good way to spend it absolutely yeah you know and and 
you know, as I said, there's there's lots of other things happening. You know, mm-hmm. if, if Ro- Rogan X was here, you know, uh, he would be able to talk to uh, talk about his teachers project as well, right? Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> That's anonymous. Nobody, no. Uh, oh, I, I, yeah, I think you're right. Um, yeah. yeah, I think somehow I think Rogan is involved, or, or is maybe, it, just, okay. maybe just maybe just is a huge supporter of it. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it's it's you know a, another um, really valuable project that's that's generating a lot of good and a lot of uh, real important value for people and who who actually need it. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, Jesse. I wanted to ask you, um, being that the transgender emergency fund is not really a crypto entity per se. Um, do you have any connections to this kind of crypto scene yourself? Uh, no, actually not until I connected with, uh, Zach. Okay. And very new to new world to me. Uh, I've never engaged with, have engaged with cryptocurrency other than, you know, reading about it in articles. Mm-hmm. So this is all very new and exciting for me. What do you think of kind of maybe being someone who's not into the crypto? What do you think of kind of the negative press you see about it? Well, the a lot of the negative press I see is that it's, you know, money laundering organizations mm-hmm. kind of thing. Um, but I think it's fascinating to see the folks who are basically using it to sort of build community and... Um, uh do things like that uh whether it be donate to charity or or organize in some sort of capacity mm-hmm. um i also think it's interesting that people are using it who are um kind of locked out of uh mains more mainstream financial services mm-hmm. um you know, which is something I never really thought of before. Mm-hmm. So I, I think um, a lot of the press I see is pretty, probably pretty lopsided um, to the negative. Yeah. Uh, but that's obviously not the whole story. Yeah. See, to me, it's like a tool. Like you can take a hammer and you can build something, or you can smash something, right? You know, and people will use it for good or bad. It doesn't make the tool itself a bad thing mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah it's interesting though because you know you have this connection here to crypto have you ever thought of kind of delving into it more or is it just kind of not on your well i'll tell you sense? you know i never really thought about it um probably because in, in my life most of my financial transactions i don't need to use or for whatever reason um, I haven't had to use cryptocurrency, mm-hmm. um, but I went to uh, my local gas station the other day and they had installed a Bitcoin ATM. Okay. And I was like, wow, okay, this is real. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's This has popped up into my physical world. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, so let's talk about how to, about it more. How does this work with the financial element of it? Obviously, at some point in time, it has to come over into fiat for the transgender emergency fund to use it. How is that working? Um, I'll maybe Ben can say. Yeah, sorry, I'll I'll just jump in there that we're taking donations over a lot of different addresses, and I'll give those wallet addresses to you, Darren, to put in the description for this podcast if anyone sure. wants to donate. Mm-hmm. Um, 
we've been uh, accepting Nia, Ethereum, Hive, Tezos, and it's just a matter of that all that money is going to be over into Ethereum, and then I believe we've decided that Zach is going to be the one to cash that out and uh, have that transfer over into um, Fiat, just for the sole purpose that, that Zach is the one who's the US citizen here. So mm. that's kind of the mm. easiest way to do it now. No, I'm in Canada. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, we may be able to set it up with the giving block. Uh huh. Ooh. Well, that's, that's an idea option. to talk after the podcast, I suppose. Yeah, I've I've done some stuff with the giving block before. They're really very helpful. Hmm. It's awesome. Yeah, very responsive. Jesse and I had talked a, a little bit about uh, how that would work, and you know, it's still, uh, you know, obviously anything we do will will be completely transparent about. Um, but uh, yeah, Jesse and I were talking about even um, you know being able to issue uh, tax receipts for individual artists and the amount of the sale that is. Um, that is generated mm -hmm. um you know so that's something that we'll be able to do is uh you know we'll we'll figure out the the sort of the lump sum transfer to the to the tef um but then also just recording the individual amounts that has been generated from from each of the artists and being able to to give them that you know that taxable receipt uh, that they can use as well well that's like with the giving block that's one of the nice features with it it's actually really easy if you go there and you want to donate to a cause you basically put in your email and then you set that up and it has an address that you send to whichever charity you choose and it'll just automatically email you your receipt so that might be a good way to awesome look into that. okay and yeah we'll look into it for sure i'm sure they would help you out i'm sure they would yeah maybe ben i can ask you uh, you know what was your entry point here into this whole crypto scene well, as I mentioned a bit before, it was uh, the fact that yes, I actually course. stumbled on Nifty yes. Pride. But you did just to go into a bit more detail about this, there was this lovely uh, guy called Ty Cooper uh, who was running a side hustle Discord server. Mm -hmm. And in the time which I was starting to research it, it was literally um, last month of May, I was at wit's end. I couldn't afford rent. I couldn't afford to continue to live because i don't know if you know much about the uk's universal credit system no but it's it's draconian it is huh. uh you don't get enough to, to to handle anything you uh you have to like go through hoops with council tax all this bureaucracy and it just got to the end that i was still having to spend a lot of the money on the council tax and other bills which i couldn't get uh out from and the floor just kind of fell under me. So I had to move back to my parents' house, which was really demoralizing. And mm. finding the community in crypto art was absolutely fundamental for me to kind of get back on my feet and kind of get back to where I was. Uh, I'm actually moving out into a new place um, in my old neighborhood, which I had to move out from in 11 days now. So it's kind of like, it's been a, it's been a year where of challenges and a lot mm -hmm. of trauma, but thanks to this lovely community and the support that, has been garnered from it it feels like i can kind of like get back out on my own and then also spend more time uh supporting others who need that help as well you bring up a good point there because you're in a position where you do you've said you were basically having parents who supported you mm. right and i would think that in a lot of these cases maybe jesse can talk to this it's for often it's probably the family breakdown with a lot of people that fall victim to this whole situation 
that causes them to suffer homelessness. Would that be accurate? Like, what have you seen in your time? Um, yeah, so I would say family rejection because mm-hmm. of people's tra- the trans or non-binary identity is very much a major problem. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's a major contributor to folks being experiencing homelessness mm-hmm. because if they fall on hard times, uh, they don't have that family support to help them out. Um, in some cases, people were put out of their homes when they were teenagers right. and they never completed school, for example. So then that puts them at a disadvantage for um uh, jobs in the future. So, um, I mean, I have a lot of hope at the same time because the, in the United States, there's a very strong movement of parents of transgender children and non-binary children that's up and coming currently. So I think I really look to those people as models of strength of uh, the 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 value of of kinship bonds, you know, and uh, I think it's great. And at the same time, people in the trans and non-binary community who have lost their their birth families or blood families, there's a very strong tradition of the community adopting each other and forming mm-hmm. our own families. Uh, the trans emergency fund is an example of this sort of, uh, mutual aid and community care. Uh-huh. So, um, I think that's important to, to recognize and be aware of as well. You talked a little bit before about kind of expanding this. Do you see yourself kind of setting up organizations in other States first, or what do you anticipate? Well, what we want to do with money raised from this particular endeavor is um, roll out small grants mm-hmm. to um, grassroots organizations across the United States to use for their own emergency funds. Okay. You know, because Keep what we decentralized. Yes, <laughs> because we what we've learned is that experience of raising our own funds, distributing the funds locally, it, it tightens the the bonds of the local community, mm-hmm. you know, and it gives uh, resources to local communities to grow with rather than having us in Boston Uh, case managing people in Louisiana, which wouldn't make too much sense. Well, and then some of your costs would be diverted to administration rather than helping people directly, yes? Yes. So it would be more efficient that way. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Yeah. Let's just talk kind of broader here for a minute. Where do you, what are your hopes for um, all this work that's going on here? What are you hoping to see happen over the coming months, years? Anyone want to start off? Um, I'll, I suppose I'll jump in because a lot of my work has been in improving the accessibility of mm-hmm. not only a different uh, gender sexuality, also ability, uh, and also general niches uh, that crypto art could uh, help with, but we haven't uh, 
yet seen. Uh, for example, uh, I'm a large supporter of the fiber arts and craft arts mm. communities, and bringing those into crypto uh, has been massive for improving their ability and feasibility as artists, because uh, currently, if you, for let's say, for example, you were going to do some yarn work or some crochet, you would be doing a whole project that would, uh, you would not be able to charge more than minimum wage for on a service like Etsy or uh, likewise, and even stuff like shipping and bringing art out into certain galleries, um, that is usually far too time consuming uh, of an activity for people to do. And as fiber arts is predominantly uh, a a women and non-binary people engaged uh, type of craft, and it has been historically for years, it's important that we kind of like improve the access for that so hmm. i uh, ended up starting something called the crafting crypto art guild and we have been supporting artists from all over the world in bringing themselves onto uh the crypto art experience and one thing that i really want from the work that we're all partaking in with nifty pride is to open that door for the same um trans and non-binary people that we're supporting through funds to also come and engage in this community and make sure that they have an access point like Nifty Pride was an access point for me mm-hmm. to come in, engage and develop their art and their craft. Um, and I know for a lot of people, there's a lot of access issues with technology. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a lot of access issues in regards to, um, you know, getting the essentials in order to kind of like engage with that space. And there's no reason why we can't uh, in the future continue and build those networks to allow for that. Mm-hmm. So that's my biggest hope. Yeah, that's cool. Awesome. Someone else want to talk about your soon-to-come hopes? You know, what you hope to see coming out of this over the next months and years? Maybe, Bruce, we can hop over to you. Uh, yeah, so like the whole, I, when Nifty Pride became the Nifty Pride Foundation instead of just the Nifty Pride Parade, but the whole idea was to, like, that's uh, what I'm looking for, uh, make it play, or, uh, showcase the fact that there like was a welcoming community within the crypto art space for anybody that was already here and is a queer artist or transgender or anybody interested in it that might otherwise be deterred because the entire financial sector crypto included is historically cis male dominated so it seemed like a perfect opportunity to be like no we're here we're queer like you get in here like we got you there's a community here that's happy to help you out and like educate you and support you and whatnot so like as long as we can keep doing that then i consider it a success absolutely yeah for sure how about you zach yeah i mean uh just to sort of build on on what ben and bruce are talking about i i um i really see this you know the the crypto art scene is has so much opportunity to be kind of a community space right and and give space to all all members of the community um but also at the same time you know coming from the art world as as a fine artist myself um i'm seeing starting to see some similarities there in terms of gatekeeping in terms of Mm. curation um in terms of kind of these little cliques forming um and you know and the, the big artists are getting bigger and the small artists are uh 
are getting smaller and, and, and we risk losing that ability to, to keep everybody engaged and to give everybody space. So, um, you know, talking with Ben and, and just trying to figure out like, okay, what, what can we do past, you know, uh, next weekend, um, to keep the spirit of the project going, um, and just to keep supporting artists and to keep, uh, bringing, them in and giving them the space to exhibit and sell work and and be successful on their own terms i think is is really what we're what we're looking forward to mm -hmm. it does seem like kind of a tough time to enter the scene it has it does seem like it's been a bit slower i saw uh i saw some kind of bar graph the other day with this decline of uh um you know of of global volume. sales or volume whatever um but i i think that this is a key moment right because this is the moment where you know people who maybe joined a month ago and made a few sales and then are are seeing this 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 uh lull in the market um is when people would start to be maybe discouraged right mm -hmm. um yeah Ben, you I just want to, add to quickly, yeah, I do want to really add uh, onto that and say that the amount of uh, like, like people have been low in spirit, they've been depressed, and we're at this crucial turning point where we need to continue to support everyone, and especially uh, communities of artists, especially the sex work community oh. in NFTs, have pretty much been completely wiped out due to this experience because they were using this extra income in a way that they would not be able to obtain otherwise. I think it's important that when we're talking about kind of like this love in the, mar in the market now, like how that, ex uh, how that affects people and who that affects mostly as well. And kind of like, we all need to co like continue to encourage each other to not only think about ourselves and uh, you know, what is important for us, Mm -hmm. But also to uh, ensure that the people who have uh, who are doing art that would not usually be represented still get that representation and also get those funds mm -hmm. desperately. Yeah, mm -hmm. Jesse, I wanted to ask you. I mean, you're kind of on the front line there with TEF. You know, how have you seen this program help people? Right. So, um, it's. I firmly believe that the TEF has kept a lot of trans folks in Massachusetts and non-binary folks in Massachusetts off the streets. Mm -hmm. um, and also we've uh, gotten people from the streets into housing, which mm -hmm. has been key uh, because when you're experiencing homelessness, uh, you, you are so vulnerable to so many things, especially violence. Right. Um, and so uh, definitely, I think uh, lives have been saved. Uh, we also, you know, we've helped a lot of people with utility bills over the years, um, with heating, with uh, prescription co-pays, um, just helping to keep people stable and living in a little bit more dignity than what they were experiencing before, I think is key. So that's that's really what I've seen. 
Well, it, just the concept of inclusion, it's obvious to me that it has societal benefits on a broader scale, right? Like the notion that you talked about the right, you know, the Christian right kind of being opposed to some of this stuff. To me, it's even if it's a Christian right, it makes no sense to be against these things that are going to benefit you as a society. They're going to reduce crime. They're going to reduce costs. You know, they're going mm-hmm. to help people who are vulnerable. It's there's no logic to being opposed to that, in my opinion. I don't I don't see it, but well, unfortunately, I do I do have the logic here for you, and I hate to okay. bring this up, but uh, <laughs> what if I told you that the Republican Party of the U.S. and the Conservative Party of the U.K. are actively pro crime? They're actively uh, pro enforcing these issues because that's what keeps us down in our society. Mm. And the fact is, wow, you're really bringing me down right now, Ben. I I will absolutely, (laughs) I will shout, I will shout it out because the truth is, is that we could have fixed literally all of these issues. We have the money, like something, if you want to fix a a global issue like food poverty, that's only $300 billion. That's a lot of money. Relatively, You you can get rid of one billionaire and pay for that. Literally. And it's important that... Yeah, and I'm sorry to kind of like go on and kind of like bring no, no, one no, side of the other. Make your uh, point. It there's a the, 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 there's a big issue here, which is that people will kind of like go along, especially liberals will go along about on these issues, saying like, "Oh, we don't know how to fix this. We don't know how to fix this. We do know how to fix this." And it's an issue of ensuring that people get the support, the money, and the funding to go after these, and also to get rid of the history of white supremacy and colonialism from our society. So how do you keep fighting that? What do you do? What do you think, Ben? Well, it starts with being open about the issue at hand, in my opinion. And also, to go back to who is the most affected by these issues, if you aren't actively including Black people, trans people, queer people, people of different abilities in the discussion and in uh, how you fix that, then you are not going to fix the issue in a way that supports everyone. And likewise, a lot of the bigger things like uh, white supremacy and also how our governments run, those issues literally go back to when, like for America, when the country was founded. And, and for the it UK, is Juneteenth that's been today, going right? on for literally. Is it not? Yeah. Yeah, it is Juneteenth. Mm-hmm. It is. Um, and obviously, like, right now, we, we want to ensure that with Nifty Pride, that every single voice from every side of the queer and trans experience is being heard. So when it comes to Nifty Pride 2022, and for the interim events that are going to be happening with Nifty Pride from now until Nifty Pride 2022, I am imploring anybody who's listening in, ally, or if you're LGBTQ+, or however you identify, come participate. We want to hear from you, and we want to support you if you want to help support us. Thanks, Ben. That was great. Yeah, I guess maybe I'm too uh, naive sometimes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, any last words uh, you want to contribute, anybody? I'll just say, yeah. If uh, we're 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 still um, we're still hoping that people will uh, will join in. Um, we're still looking for artists to participate, uh, especially like like I said earlier, performances and and live events, workshops and seminars. 
um, and we still have space for the for the auctions on the 27th. So uh, just oh. get in touch with us. We have a link to a Google document with uh, all the information and the submission forms through our link tree, which is on, on our Twitter uh, at Nifty Pride. Um, and yeah, we're super excited for next weekend. The 26th, uh, as Ben was saying, is going to be chock full of performances and, and all kinds of awesome live events. Um, can't wait to see Sam Jay's installation mm-hmm. uh, in Decentraland. And then the 27th um, is, is, is going to be uh, a, a whole bunch of really amazing art uh, live auctioned. Um, and so that's going to be super exciting as well. For sure, yeah. How's that live auction being facilitated? So that is uh, going to be on our Nifty Pride Discord, and you can also access it from a few other different Discord channels that that we'll announce later. Mm -hmm. Uh, And through that, uh, that is being uh, facilitated by the Rara Social uh, Discord bot, which is an excellent tool for anybody who has a community and wants to get into auctions and wants to actually auction things off for their community in a really easy and effective way. I fully recommend them. And they've been lovely in supporting us as well at Nifty Mm -hmm. Pride. Cool. So you would just go into the Discord and there'd be an artwork that would be displayed and basically you just state your bid kind of idea? Yeah. You basically go on to the uh, Rara social app and mm-hmm. then through that, you connect your wallet and any NFT that's open, you can you just press the button. And there's also a button, which is the raw button. And if you press the raw <laughs> button, you can cheer for the art that you like. Yeah. So oh, nice. it's kind of like a, like a fun social community party, uh, which I think fits kind of like what we want this to be. We don't want this to just be come buy some art, raise money. We want people to feel really included even if they don't have the access to the funds to to buy this artwork as well mm-hmm. interesting any last thoughts bruce you want to give us uh just thanks for having us on uh um there's a permanent crypto voxels installation for nifty pride which probably needs updated but uh that's at crypto cryptovoxels.link slash npc fta it's the nifty pride center for the arts hmm we actually bought that with um, proceeds from last year's auction. But uh, people like a bunch of the artists involved like donated whatever percent they wanted to the cause. And like, um, as one example, a lot of money did the first one of one, a lot of Voxels hover car, which was okay. the rainbow okay. pill. And then between the money we raised and that NFT, we traded that to Rogan for a crypto Voxels parcel he had. Oh, right on. Then became the Nifty Pride Center. Okay, cool. How about you, Jesse? Any last thoughts? Uh, just thank you for your support of the Trans Emergency Fund and having us on. Absolutely. I think it's a really valuable cause. And uh, I wish you all the best with the all, I mean, the hours of work that have gone into this. It's got to be a, a ton of work. So I appreciate that. And I'm sure a lot of people in the community appreciate it. So thank you for all your work with that. Thank you. Right on. Take care, everybody, and uh, good luck with uh, the event, and everybody can check that out June 26 and 27. Thanks very much, Darren. Thank you. Thanks again for listening to the Non-Fungible Podcast. See you again soon.